Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're speaking to, uh, shall I say, you're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local and like to join in our discussion, you would dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, which is 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website. I just waved to you, hello and God bless, which is www.kkvv.com. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is Save the Lost. LV.org. Again, Save the Lost. LV.org. Of course, it's Triple W. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, go up to uh, our website, click on to our weekly archives, and select the broadcast that you like to listen to. We have several years worth of broadcasts. The gospel is always free on our watch. I encourage you to hang out on the website. There's a lot of good stuff on there, a lot of wonderful resources, local and otherwise. And the gospel is always free on our watch. If you have a Apple device, we are being archived at iTunes for free as well. Now, most of us do have a cell phone. I'm going to give you a cell phone number where you can listen to KKVV anytime you like. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. Our call letters at KKVV are 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. The cell number, again, I'm going to give it to you twice. It only works in USA. It is 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. A lot of this information will play at the end of the broadcast, too. So don't worry about it. I got you covered. So we are having a, uh anniversary Next Saturday here at the radio station, uh, open house, if you will. We like all our listeners to be able to come out and meet uh, people such as myself, the staff, and other people who broadcast on this wonderful radio station. So it starts at 11 a.m. It goes to 3 p.m. So come down to the radio station. We're going to have some refreshments. Like I said, you have an opportunity to meet the wonderful staff that blesses you all the time. The wonderful um, people such as myself who are on the radio at you know different times, loving on you, blessing you, making sure that you are strong in the Lord. And we can't do it without you, listeners. So please come and fellowship with us next Saturday at the radio station. We're here on Highland. 
Go to the website and check us out, www.kkvv.com, and you can call and talk to Sister Brenda during the week. Uh, she'll usually answer the phone or General Manager Ed by dialing 702-731-5588. Again, 702-731-5588. And I want to give a big out, a big shout out to Brother Larry. He is making sure that I am keeping you straight. So thank you, Brother Larry. I love you and God bless you for the reminder. So we are going to talk about wrestling today. Wrestling. We're not talking about, uh, that wrestling we see, uh, where uh, you got people like Hulk Hogan. Uh, we're not talking about that type of wrestling. We are talking about wrestling with God. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Wrestling with God. And the person that we're going to look at in the Bible, his name is Jacob. So we are going to look at something involving Jacob. And again, today we're talking about wrestling with God. So I have a wonderful resource on my website called gotquestions.org and um, I have to study to show myself approved. I have to always keep the sword sharp so I use several good references that I have shared with all of you on the website but this is really one of my top favorites so it's gotquestions.org so we are going to look at a question and they have answered so many questions concerning the word of God and Good information. I'm telling you, it's very, very good and uh, reliable. And I really encourage you to check it out. So one of the questions that they asked, uh, what is the meaning of Jacob wrestling with God? And I tell you, it was phenomenal. So I want to share it with you. So I got this from www.gotquestions.org. Dot org, Okay, so www.gotquestions.org. And the question is, what is the meaning of Jacob wrestling with God? So it is going to be featured in uh, Genesis 32. Uh, that's the chapter where a lot of this is going to come out of. And um, they're going to give specific Bible verses and chapters. And when they do, we will stop and we will look at them and then we will pick up. Uh, what they are telling us. Okay, so is everybody ready? And when I read out of the Bible, I always read out of the uh, King, uh, the New King James Version. So that would be the version I would be reading out of. Again, the New King James Version. So uh, let's get ready. So again, the question is, what is the meaning of Jacob wrestling with God? The answer To best answer this question, it helps to know, among other things, that deep-seated family hostilities characterized Jacob's life. He was a determined man. Some would consider him to be ruthless. He was a con artist, a liar, and a manipulator. In fact, the name Jacob not only means deceiver, but more literally, it means grabber. To know Jacob's story is to know his life was one of never-ending struggles. Though God promised Jacob that through him would come not only a great nation, but a whole company of nations, he was a man full of fears and anxieties. At a pivotal point, 
in his life, Jacob was about to meet his brother Esau, who had vowed to kill him. All Jacob's struggles and fears were about to be realized. Sick of his father-in-law's treatment, Jacob had fled Laban, only to encounter his embittered brother Esau. Anxious for his very life, Jacob concocted a bribe and sent a caravan of gifts along with his women and children across across the river Jabbok in hopes of pacifying his brother. Now physically exhausted, alone in the desert wilderness, facing sure death, he was divested of all his worldly possessions. In fact, he was powerless to control his fate. He collapsed into a deep sleep on the banks of the Jabbok River with his father-in-law behind him and Esau before him. He was too spent to struggle any longer. But only then did his trip did his real struggle begin again, but only then did his real struggle begin. Fleeing his family history had been bad enough. Wrestling with God himself was a different matter altogether. That night, an angelic stranger visited Jacob. They wrestled throughout the night until daybreak, at which point the stranger crippled Jacob with a blow to his hip that disabled him with a limp for the rest of his life. It was then Jacob realized what had happened. I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. We find this in Genesis 32.30. So we're going to stop right there, and we're going to go to Genesis 32.30. So I can read the Word of God for you. And the Word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. In the process, Jacob the deceiver received a new name, Israel which likely means he struggles with God. However, what is most important occurred at the conclusion of the struggle. We read that God blessed him there. And we find that in Genesis 32, verse 29. So I want to go to verse 29. And the word of God says, Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me, your name, I pray. And he said, Why is that you asked about my name? And he blessed him there. So when you look at the scriptures, you will find that the why in your 
is capitalized. Again, 29, then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is that you asked about my name? And he blessed him there. And we go back, and he said, the H and he is capitalized, and, and he said, why is it that you ask about my name? The M in my is capitalized, and he blessed him there. And the H in he is capitalized, and he blessed him there, which would symbolize that that is God himself. In Western culture, and even in our churches, we celebrate wealth, power, strength, confidence, prestige, and victory. We despise and fear weakness, failure, and doubt. Though we know that a measure of vulnerability, fear, discouragement, and depression come with normal lives, we tend to view these as signs of failure or even a lack of faith. However, we also know that in real life, naive optimism and the glowing accolades of glamour and success are a recipe for discontent and despair. Sooner or later, the cold, hard realism of life catches up with most of us. The story of Jacob pulls us back to reality. Frederick Buchner, one of the most read authors by Christian audiences, characterizes Jacob's divine encounter at the Jabbok River as the magnificent defeat of the human soul at the hands of God. It in Jacob's story, we can easily recognize our own elements of struggle, fear, darkness, loneliness, vulnerabilities, empty feelings of powerlessness, exhaustion, and relentless pain. Even the Apostle Paul experienced similar discouragement and fears. We were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fear within. We find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. We're going to go over there and check that out. So, I've given you the address. So, if you can turn over that. To 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 with me. I would appreciate it. And I'd like to thank you in advance for doing so. So, I am here in chapter 7. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. And the word of God says, For indeed, when we came to Macedonia... Our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. 
And that was the Apostle Paul talking. But in truth, God does not want to leave us with our trials, our fears, or battles in life. What we come to learn in our conflicts of life is that God proffers us a corresponding divine gift. It is through him that we can receive the power of conversion and transformation. The gift of not only surrender, but freedom. And the gifts of endurance, faith, and courage. In the end, Jacob does what we all must do. He confronts his failures, his weaknesses, his sins, all the things that are hurting him and faces God. Jacob wrestled with God all night. It was an exhausting struggle that left him crippled. It was only after he came to grips with God and ceased his struggling realizing that he could not go on without him, that he received God's blessing. Again, we saw that in Genesis thirty-two twenty-nine. And let me remind you, in case you're just joining us and picking us up, we are talking about wrestling with God today. So Genesis 32, verse 29. Again, I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this. Then Jacob, asking, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. What we learn from this remarkable incident in the life of Jacob is that our lives are never meant to be easy. This is especially true when we take it upon ourselves to wrestle with God and his will for our lives. We also learn that as Christians, despite our trials and tribulations, our strivings in this life are never devoid of God's presence and his blessing inevitably follows the struggle, which can sometimes be messy and chaotic. Real growth experiences always involve struggle and pain. Jacob's wrestling with God at the Jabbok that dark night reminds us of this truth. Though we may fight God and his will for us in truth, God is so very good. As believers in Christ, we may well struggle with him through the loneliness of night. But by daybreak, his blessing will come. Well, they say weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's what comes to mind when I just read that. So we received this wonderful, great explanation and answer to the question of what is the meaning of Jacob wrestling with God Brought to us by www.gotquestions.org. I really, really encourage you to go over there and get blessed. You can stay over there for a very long time. Finding out a lot of answers to your questions. So make sure it's one of your reliable sources. 
And may you grow by leaps and bounds in the Word of God and through the Word of God. Is my humble prayer for you in a season called now. Wrestling. And if we're really honest with ourselves, we have wrestled with God. And for some of us, it is a perpetual state of wrestling. But God's will and his divine purpose is always the very best for us. We must come to that conclusion of that matter. So when we look at Jacob, uh, we find a lot about him, especially when we just look at, you know, a few chapters. When we start about chapter 25, uh, we learn that uh, Jacob is quite crafty because... uh, It is there that he makes up his mind. We heard the word ruthless, that he was going to do whatever he had to do to get his brother Esau's birthright. Now, Esau did not care much about his birthright. Matter of fact, the word despise, he despised his birthright. Uh, But that is no reason for someone to trick someone out of something. What God has for you, God has for you. You need not trick anyone or covet anything that God has given another person. And you see his mother gets involved. uh, He's involved. And the person that uh, you know, they deceive. His mother deceives her husband. You know, Jacob not only deceives his father, he deceives his brother. Uh, just a lot of trickery. And we have to ask ourselves in our family dynamic, do we want that to carry over into the generation where we're parents? We do not have to pick up what has been presented to us in our family upbringing. You can choose not to carry that into when you establish your family because it has grave consequences. It was so hurtful and just grievous, not only to God, but to the point where it had Esau to the point where he was ready to kill his brother. And Jacob was not a particularly spiritual man. So we have to be careful what we wish for because we might get it. And then you have to get everything that goes with that. When you trick people, when you deceive people, when you make people a part of your plot and your plan that does not honor God. Oh, it brings in all types of things into play. And the thing that it brings most into play is Satan himself. Oh, because he knows that he can use you. See, when we go back to Genesis 3, we find Satan. And he presents a proposition to Eve 
And soon Adam falls into it. And Adam was actually the one who received the instruction from God himself. Not to partake of a fruit that was in the midst of the garden. Anything else he could have. But he could not partake of a fruit on a particular tree that was in the midst of a garden. Because then when he did that, that would be the day that he surely died. God is not to be mocked. His word is true. It's not negotiable. And the first thing that Satan did was to present a scenario where God's word was not true or could be interpreted by an ulterior motive or suggestion. And that same battle is going on today. There are those who want to misinterpret God's word, want to misconstrue it, want to get other people to go along with it. It does not have to be of any truth. Well, God is righteousness. He is that personified. That is who he is. So nothing that contains a lie can be an attribute or attributed to God. Not the most high God, the God of all living things, the God that created heaven and earth. No, you can't attribute that to him. But the world is okay with lying. It's okay with people being ruthless, manipulators. Things that are not genuine. And present it as if they are genuine. And what always usually follows a phrase. Well believe me. Would I lie? (laughs) Men and women of God. Do not deceive yourselves. That's the difference. Between. God. And his kingdom. Is that there's no deviation. There's no reason for lies. No. He did not create us with anything that was false. We are made in his image. But there are great debates going on right now. As you're listening and and I'm speaking about God's word. And there are those who want to make it heretic for their own purpose. It does not honor God. It does not glorify God. And it does nothing to fortify and build up his people. It does everything to keep them off-centered, to be used, to be manipulated, to be kept in bondage. To be at each other's throats. That's what lies do. 
they'll eventually kill you. And here we have two brothers. And one has to basically run for his life because he's such a grabber. He's such a deceiver. That in one moment, he is totally blew up his whole family structure. And now people have to take sides. And his mother's telling him, run! Do you want something so bad? That you're not willing to wait on God for it? At what cost is it worth it? When we go back to what we were blessed with from gotquestions.org. Listen to what they say about Jacob. It says that he was ruthless. He was a con artist, a liar, and a manipulator. And chosen to be one of the patriarchs. For the people of Israel. It's important that we really, really get this lesson about wrestling with God. And what is it that you're so willing to throw your whole life away to have? We're going to take a caller at this time. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you back. How are you, <laughs> Minister? How are you doing? I'm guilty, guilty, guilty. Oh, boy. Well, I'll let you tell it yourself. <laughs> if you choose to, woman of God, as the Spirit leads you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Once again, I've been compelled to call in. Hi, everybody. Listen, this morning I had a dream, and in the dream it seemed like I was just going at it with this guy. I mean, I I don't know if I was fussing, fighting, but it seemed like he just kind of grabbed me and just laid me down to the ground, and I became real calm, and I began to say, thank you, Jesus. And I woke up, and I said, God, what is all of this about? He said, he said, cry, uncle, cry, uncle, because I'm pinning you. And here I come on this line, and you're talking about wrestling with God. <laughs> well, let me tell y'all, wrestling with God, it may be all night. It may be days. It may be weeks. And in my case, it's been years. A wrestling with God because I'm an intellectual thinker and I like to 
study and I'm always arguing with God about, but God, you said this and what about that and why haven't you done, why haven't you dealt with them and I'm trying to live holy and they're not and you just let them get away with this and you just let them get away with that. All of the bickering and back and forward with about what she did, what she didn't do and why he let her get away with it and finally... One day I heard God say, come here, I want to talk to you, Missy. And as I began to sit and listen and pray and turn the word of God on to myself, I let that sword start cutting me, cutting jealousy out of me, cutting envy out of me, just cutting me, turning me, and helping me to see the perspective from God's mind. And even last night before I laid down, I began to say, God, please have mercy on my soul. Give me the mind of Christ about this before I self-destruct. And so I understand about the wrestling with God. (laughs) But once you come out of it, the joy of the Lord that has flooded my soul. And yes, um, just before I logged in to listen, um, I had Samuel uh, put down his words in ABC order. I have them on cards. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't have no J words, (laughs) none. Out of all of the alphabets and over like 150 cards, it wasn't not one J word in the pile. But I have 1 Corinthians 13 written on a poster, and he looked up and said, well, we can put the word joy down. And he kept saying it. So finally I took out an index card, wrote the word joy on it, and put it down. And when I did that, I began to laugh. I tuned in, and here God is saying, all right. Here it is. You've been wrestling with me about these issues. So I couldn't see clearly because I was in all of what you're talking about. But now I can see clearly because God has brought me to the light. And this message is definitely harmonizing with what I've been walking through. So y'all folks out there, y'all be encouraged. (laughs) Amen. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that powerful testimony and definitely want to thank the deacon and you make sure that you tell him we love him and we appreciate his faithfulness and that uh, he was going to find a J word. Amen. He was going to be determined until he found one. But the beautiful thing about uh, Jacob is we can see ourselves in Jacob if we're really honest. And it's important that what we remember is that God never left us. Even with the wrestling, even with the bickering, even with, uh, you know, the, the me, myself, and I, if you will. Uh, he's still there. He's still there. And Jacob had to get to a point where he was exhausted. See, his father-in-law is coming behind him, Laban. And he has to confront his brother, Esau, in front of him. And he created both these scenarios. And so life happens because of our choices. 
And we have to really confront our choices. We have to confront why are we so afraid and have so much anxiety when it comes to certain things. Why is it when we deal with certain people, it's always a battle. And why is it that uh, we are willing to be demanding of God as opposed to patient? So the thing is, is that it causes us to have a mirror up to ourselves, but the mirror could not even be effective until this type of personality, Jacob's personality, was exhausted because J- Jacob didn't have a problem being a deceiver. See, see, he didn't have a problem with that. He he did not have a problem with that attribute because to him, he thought that that's what was great about him, his ruthlessness, his uh, uh, I'll take it, you know what I mean, uh, and by force if necessary. See, some people believe that's a great thing about themselves, but that's not anything that God can use. Well, listen. I'm listening. Oh. How shall I say? We we are listening. Oh, okay. Listen, check this out. When you said about the exhaustion, I've been going to be at 8 o'clock. I'm <laughs> like, let me just, I'm shutting it down. I'm not thinking no more. I'm not, let me, 8 o'clock, I'm getting in this bed, and I'm not getting up until 8. Exhausted. Exhausted in my mind. Exhausted in my emotions exhausted in my physical being, just exhausted. So, yes. And another thing is um, the looking in the mirror thing. You know, as I begin to, for myself, say, okay, throughout the day, this is not a boast or brag, but this is one of my regiments. In the morning, Samuel has to um, pray psalms, and right now we're reading through the book of Mark, and he also has to read five chapters of the Proverbs every day. And so when he's doing that, I'm listening. But it's this one particular scripture that every time he comes to it, he'll ask me what will happen. And the scripture is about not rejoicing when someone falls because I'm mm-hmm. always going to God saying, but God, you said you was going to vindicate me. You said you promised you was going to deal with my enemies. God, you said you was going to fight my enemies. God, why aren't you doing that? When are you going to deal with my enemies? You said you was the one that would revenge and don't take matters in my own hand. Now you restraining me. My hands are behind my back. When are you going to do something? And this particular verse in Proverbs says, um, you know, don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Mm-hmm. And Samuel would say, well, if I rejoice, if they fall, what will happen? And I said, well, we're going to have to ask the Holy Ghost what's going to happen, what will happen. And it wasn't until, like, later on after asking that question all week, um, the Spirit of the Lord began to say, no, because if you rejoice because of their fall, then I am bound by my own word to deal with you because you would be out of the boundaries of my precepts and my laws and my commands to love, to forgive, and to pray for your enemies. 
y'all. Hallelujah. This, y'all, I'm telling y'all out there in Radio Land, KKVB, what the minister is preaching and teaching today is definitely coming from the throne room of God's grace and mercy because I've been in it for a long time, and, and it is a, a, a sobering word, a word of hope, a word of restoration, a word that if we grab hold to it and begin to drink, we will be healed, we will be delivered, and yes, our names will be changed. My name was changed to joy today. Amen. Well, <laughs> praise God. I received that. Hallelujah. And, and I stand in agreement with you, woman of God. And when we go back to uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 29, I really have said this and um, this is the third time I've said it but you, you really got to catch it in your spirit because it is revelatory I mean this is it this is where the rubber meets the road and verse 29 says then Jacob asked saying tell me your name I pray and he said why is it that you ask about my name and he blessed him there can you imagine, you know, God Almighty blessing you right where you are and you have been a person that has been uh, just, shall I say, combative, for lack of a better word, with him. And you can't win against God. His word will not be defeated. You can kick against the goads, but it's a waste of time. And he blessed him right there. And then when we go into verse 30, it says, So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God's face to face and my life is preserved. Can you imagine? See, God could have called you home. With this combativeness, say, you know what? Your assignment is over. It's time to, you know, leave this assignment. But he didn't do that. And then that's when Jacob changed to Israel. And it's perceived to be struggles with God. See, he never, ever forgot that he struggled with God. Because when he struggled with him, that night and wrestled, that's when his whole transformation happened. He realized that God could have easily said, you know what? The soul that sins must die. You know, vengeance are mine. I will repay. But he had chose Jacob to be one of the patriarchs. See, woman of God, when God chooses you to do something, you have spiritual authority to walk in that. That does not change. God does not change his mind. But you're going to know who he is. And if we're honest, and if we look over our lives, and we have to look at our decisions and our indecisions, God was always there. And you're a part of his holy plan and purpose. But he got to bring you up to a point so that the progressive sanctification can continue to happen because God's will will be performed. 
You will not be late. You will be on time. And so I think this is awesome. This is exciting. And that we have a man nature. But God is not interested in our man nature. He's interested in our sonship. He's interested in our daughtership. Because when we see the son. He does nothing without his father. Jesus' life is personified in his obedience. And there are blessings for obedience. They are generational blessings. They are eternal blessings. So it is exciting and it's revelatory when you share with us that you understand. But that you are still going to God. Good, bad, or indifferent. See, that's what I love about you, woman of God. That you always bring it to God. Amen? Hallelujah. It's important that even if you have a complaining child, child, come to me and complain. Amen? Because Because the communication has to go forward. Because God can show you that that is not what you should spend your time doing. Because when you do that, then you don't trust me. And it's all about a relationship. And we have to work on our trust. And when we trust God, we will be patient. And it doesn't mean that we can't inquire, but it's about our heart condition. And see, Jacob's heart wasn't right. See, when you're a manipulator, it's all about you. When you're a con artist, it's all about you. When you're ruthless, it's all about you. When you're a deceiver, it's all about you. When you're a grabber, it's all about you. You're all about your horizontal. You don't take the vertical in place at all. It's like you are God unto yourself. And that thinking right there will cause you to be separated from God and his kingdom. So it was time. For Jacob, but Jacob was feisty. You know what I mean? He had a lot of fire in him about me, myself, and I. But only when he had put himself in a proverbial corner, when he had backed himself into a corner, then he was exhausted. He's like, that's it. It's a, it's a wrap. <laughs> and, and he went to sleep. So this is just, like I said, revelatory. I'm very excited about this lesson and to know that God is doing a marvelous thing and a wonderful thing in us and that uh, we can too have a name change. We too can have that moment where uh, the scales fall off. Hallelujah. And we realize that God saved us. Hallelujah. Well, can I add two cents? Of course you can, woman of God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, you know, I just looked up the word joy to find out what was the opposite of that of that word. And the opposite of the word joy is misery, mm. despair, mm. trial, mm. tribulation. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, have mercy. And I look down and there is a scripture that says um, the opposite of joy biblically. And um, it turns out First Peter chapter 1, 6, I'm reading from the King James Version. I don't know where my new King James, but... Hold I on a minute. G- G- give us that address again, woman of God, please. 
First Peter mm-hmm. one six. Okay, so give me an opportunity to turn to it because I want to see it. Let the church say amen when you get it. Okay, I, I sure will let you know. Uh, Hallelujah. Okay, amen. All right. It says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And so for a season... I was in a manifold situation of temptations within and without. Because you mentioned some things about the flesh and how when we are doing all of these different things, um, you mentioned about if we are, you know, living selfishly, Mm -hmm. living for ourselves, the me, 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 and me only attitude. Well, those are in the scriptures in the book of Galatians, works of the flesh. Amen. And the other day I began to say, God, help me, help me. The scripture says that I need to walk in the spirit. And if you don't help me, I won't be able to do it. Because walking in the spirit means you got to walk in love. You, you got to walk in joy. You got to walk in gentleness and goodness irregardless on what your husband say, your daughter say, your son say, the neighbor, you know, your your boss, irregardless on what is going on in the world, what the governors are saying, what the politicians are saying, what the president is doing, irregardless on what the world is doing, Jesus said to the Father in John 17, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to take them out of the world, but I want you to empower them to be able to be in the world, not of the world, and walk in the spirit. And so I'm grateful because Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, let the church say amen when you get there. Okay. <laughs> I'm headed there now. You said 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17? Yes, ma'am. Amen. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So that puts me in the remembrance of, okay, season, listen. Yes, you have a body, and I'm dwelling in your temple. And these are the requirements of walking in holiness. This is how you're going to get your name changed from misery and despair. This is how you're going to get your name changed from Jacob, the trickster, to Israel. Amen. You're going to walk. You need to walk in the spirit. You need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and no, make no provisions for your fleshly desires because this is not about you. And one last thing, I was walking in the living room and I was cleaning up and I could hear the 
angels of the Lord say, Season, this is not about you. <laughs> and I bust out laughing. I said, oh, my God, have I made this about me? Lord, have I made this about me? And so, you know, he said, yeah, I've given you and I've entrusted the word to you, but this is not about you. This is about me. Amen. So, yes, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. I was wrestling. I was wrestling, y'all. But guess what? God is faithful. He's good. And yes, he didn't let me die. He didn't call me while I was in that simple place because my, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm happy. Amen. And I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Amen. Well, ra- wrestling is good because it's going to show us who we are. And God is always the author and finisher of our faith. That's what we must understand. It always is going to begin with him and it's always going to end with him. So just hold on, men and women of God, and know that God is always there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But we, once we come into that right relationship with him, we have a duty and a responsibility to hear his command. Follow his command, encourage others, hold each other up, and demonstrate that we are children of the Most High God. So we are coming to a very close end right now. We love you. God bless you. And as we say here, save the lost at all costs and come out to the radio station next week, Saturday. We need you. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the lost at all costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 a.m. and 100.1 f.m. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3350. 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. 